Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. You have your Bibles on you? Take them and turn to the book of Romans chapter 12 as we jump into a new series that we're beginning for the next three or four weeks called Adapt, the process of renewing your mind. <clears throat> and uh, I suppose everybody here in this room today has something in their life that they wish would change, that there's some area that they would like to see different, and maybe it's your weight, maybe it's your, <laughs> you name it. Financial, your career, relationship, whatever it might be. I think it's safe to say, though, that everybody here today has some area in your life that you wish could be different. And, you know, well, we're waiting for things to change. And there's even a popular song today, Waiting on the World to Change. And many people have that attitude, don't they? They're waiting on somebody else to make the change, somebody else to make the move so that their life can change. And maybe we think it's that God needs to do something uh, so that things could change or that the devil needs to stop doing something so that we could see the change that we want. Or some people hope the government is going to bring the change they need. And so far, we've seen that that hasn't been all that much help. The Bible says that change is possible for every person. That's the beauty of the Word of God, that change is possible for everyone, but change doesn't come by waiting on something or someone out there. But change comes when you get the right things in your spirit and in your soul. And Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're going to talk over the next few weeks on the subject titled Adapt. How to become adjusted to new conditions. Well, you might say, what new conditions? I mean, in my house, in my life, it's the same old stuff, just a different day. But the truth is, I'm talking about the condition of your heart, the condition of your spirit. Your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you have been made a new creation. Old things are passed away and... Nothing now gets old. In Christ, you're continually being renewed. In the Spirit, that is a reality. You're, everything's always new. And things are not how they used to be. And if you're going to truly experience that change that's taking place in your life, right here and right now where you're living in this world, then you're going to have to go through the process of adaptation. And that process happens when you begin to renew your mind to the things of God. Renew your mind to his way. Renew your mind to his word, the way he thinks and the, the way he sees things. And, and we have that beautiful uh, uh, resource through the word of God that you've got there in your laps and through the spirit of God who lives on the inside of you. I mean, the Bible teaches us that we have the same spirit living, living in us that raised Jesus from the dead. The same spirit, not a different spirit, the very same one. The same one that guided him when he was on this earth. The same one that moved on him. The Bible says that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And it was, as a result of that, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. And the very same spirit is in you. And Jesus said that spirit will guide you into all truth. He'll keep you out of error. 
And then in, in, in 1 John 2, 24, I believe, it says that now we have also received an anointing that abides, an anointing that stays, and it teaches us all things. So you have a spirit, who, the spirit who guides you into all truth. You have the anointing that teaches you all things, and you have the word of God that is sharper and more powerful than any two-edged sword, and it pierces even to the division of your soul and your spirit and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. What a great resource we have through God. He's making sure that we, that we know the truth and that we have the truth at work in our lives. And so you're going to have to learn to adapt, and it will only take place when you renew your mind. The Bible teaches us as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, that doesn't happen automatically. It is a process. All right, adaptation is a process. And adapt just means to make something suitable for a new use or purpose. You really can see your life change. You can talk and you can act and you can live in a new way, but you must first adapt. Adapt to the environment in which you now live. And we see evidence of adaptation and creation all over the place. One of the, one of the things I've noticed is the Okavanga Delta lion. This is an interesting lion, and that's... Uh, located in Botswana, Africa. And Botswana, Africa is just slightly smaller than the state of Texas, and most of it's just arid desert land. But through the middle of it runs this Okavanga River, and along with that river comes all this great array of wildlife, and, 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 and I mean, it's just beautiful, they say. And the Okavanga lion has learned to adapt to that environment, that watery uh, environment that he lives in, and he actually swims. And lions don't swim, but this guy does. He's learned that if he's going to eat, he's going to have to get in the water. And he's the only lion in, on the whole continent of Africa that will kill a hippo. He's really quite ferocious, and he also can climb up to the very tops of tall trees as well. So on water and land, he's become this predator, and he's adapted to this environment that he's been placed in. And Job chapter 12 teaches us, ask the beasts and let them teach you, and the birds of the heavens and let them tell you, or speak to the earth and let it teach you, and let the fish of the sea declare to you, who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this, and whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. So you've been given the ability to adapt to the environment you now live in called the kingdom of God, a place of blessing, a place of favor, a place of health and prosperity, a place of joy, a real joy, a true joy that doesn't, that doesn't, joy that doesn't depend on what circumstances you're in, but a joy that's there. It's a resolution on the inside of you, no matter what you're in. That's why the Bible says to us that to count it all joy when we fall into various trouble. Well, that doesn't make much sense to your mind. Get count it all joy when I fall into to trouble? Well, yeah, if you have the understanding that God's with you and that he who raised Jesus from the dead is now in you and who that's in you is greater than the heathen that's in the world. And if you'll believe God, it's that faith that gives you the victory that overcomes the world. So no trouble and no trial, no situation, no temptation is greater than what's on the inside of you. But you have to adapt to that truth. It's not going to be automatic. You must master the process of adaptation. And it's not immediate Change does not come quickly or easily. And when you master the biblical process of adaptation through renewing your mind, then almost everything in your life can change. You were made in God's image. That means you are spirit beings with the great ability to learn and to grow and to change. And yet so many of us get stuck in our circumstances, get stuck with uh, our pain, 
get stuck with our problems, stuck in a life we don't want and we don't like, you might feel like you can't get out of a situation that you might be in today. But listen, you figure maybe this is your lot in life. And that's how a lot of people are. Okay, sada, sada, what will be, will be. Everything happens for a reason. It is what it is. You hear all those phrases over and over. And you become better at learning to live with things rather than to change things. So my question to you today is, which one of, are you better at? Are you better at just living with things or learning to change things? Because you are stuck with whatever you live with. If you keep living with those extra pounds, guess what? You're stuck with them. If you continue to live with that dog in your bed, then you're stuck with that dog in your bed. You're stuck with what you choose to live with. So don't just learn to live with things. Learn to adapt to the change that God has made on the inside of you. Refuse to put up with and accept anything less than what your heavenly Father has designed for you to experience in your life. The Bible teaches us that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. That's simple. We are three-part being decided. We're made in God's image. God is three-part. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You are three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit. Your spirit is the essence of who you are, right? You have this body to, to house your spirit, but that's not who you are. You are this spirit being. Your spirit is alive forever, even right now, because your faith is in Christ Jesus as your only way to everlasting life. Your soul is your thinking and reasoning and choosing part of your life, your mind. The process of your spirit connecting with God is called the new birth, and at times it's called the second birth. So I want us to look over at John chapter 3. Now I'm going to give you some foundational things this morning, things that many of you are very familiar with, but I think it's good that we visit these today because it's important that we have this as our foundation to understand uh, to get to the place of renewing the mind, why we need to renew our minds, why we need to adapt to what God has said. In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus is um, talking to a man named, named Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is very interested in Christ. He's kind of watching him from, a, from afar off, and, and it says that he showed up here at night because he was afraid of the Jews, because Nicodemus was a devout man in the community and didn't necessarily want his reputation messed with and certainly didn't want to get drug out in the streets and stoned to death and didn't want to face any kind of criminal charges as a result of having some kind of association with Christ. Christ was a revolutionary and you didn't just get to just hang out with him and not, not get ridiculed or picked on or something happened because he, Jesus drew a line in the sand and he said, you're either with me or against me. You don't just hang out with me. You're either with me, you're either for me or you are against me, right? And so, uh, here he comes to Christ, he's very interested, and he sees what he's doing, sees his life, and he's very intrigued by the fact that he goes around and he heals everybody, and he teaches these revolutionary thoughts, you know, talks about the kingdom of God, talks about God like he knows him, calls him his father. And so Nicodemus is intrigued, no doubt, and Jesus answered and said to him, that's to Nicodemus, most assuredly I say, verse 3, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So if you believe in Jesus and what he taught, then you have to believe people need to be born again. Nicodemus said to him, verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? See, the mind's not picking that up at all. Natural mind's going, what? That's crazy. Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, did that just go off? Can you still hear me? All right, we're good. Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, 
he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So you can't see it and you can't enter it unless you are born twice. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So first birth is flesh, second birth is spirit, so you must be born again according to what Jesus said, born spiritually to have a relationship with God, to be connected with God. And then a little further down in John three sixteen, why don't we all just say this together? For God so loved the world, come on, let me hear you, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The new birth happens when you believe in Jesus. You become a part of the kingdom at that moment. At that moment, you have everlasting life. I love that. In verse 17, it says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, that's why we don't preach what we're against here. We don't preach what's wrong. We preach the answer. We're not into condemning people. We're here to show them Jesus. He's the answer. He's the, all the power that you need. He's all the life that you could ever look for. Everything that you ever dreamed of, ever wanted, is in that man, Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate fulfillment in life and afterlife. He who believes in him, verse 18, is not condemned. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So Jesus is showing us real clear here. There is nobody else that you can believe in that's going, to, that's going to get you everlasting life. There is nobody else. You have to believe in the only begotten Son of God. He's the answer for the entire world. And like I said, for many of you here, this truth is well established in your life, but there are many people who go to church that, that, who never really understand this. They don't ever really get it. And I hope everyone here today will learn some new things that will help you in your life. See, when you're born again, you have everlasting life. And you don't have to do anything, according to that verse, you don't have to do anything to be separated from God. He who believes not is condemned already. But you do have to do something to be connected to God, to be born again. That is to believe on Jesus. It's that simple. Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you don't have to confess your sin. You have to confess Jesus is Lord. I need a real good amen right there. Amen. It's not about confessing how wrong you are and how bad you've been. It's about confessing Jesus is Lord. You are born again. Your life is changed at that moment. You have a new relationship with God. Old things are passed away. Now, let me ask you something. Now, when all those things passed away, did your debt pass away? No. Did those things that you struggle with in life, the weaknesses that you fight, did those things pass away? No, probably not. Did the job that you don't like pass away? You wish it would have. But your debt, none, none of that changed. See, he's not talking then about natural things here when it says old things are passed away, all things have been made new. He's talking about your spirit. You have a new place in the kingdom of God. You're seated where? In heavenly places with Christ. If you died right now, praise God, you'd be with Jesus. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, the Bible says. Many people don't understand that this spiritual change does not automatically affect the rest of their lives, though. 
Your career is still the same. Your appearance is still the same. Your money is the same. Your marriage is the same. You're born again, spiritually changed, but nothing in the natural necessarily has changed yet. 1 John 5, 1 says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. I'm just gonna, I mean, that's just as simple as it gets. Whoever believes that he's the Christ is born of God. Didn't say, once again, didn't say whoever uh, confesses a sin, whoever quits drinking, whoever quits smoking, whoever quits doing this and doing that. No, if you confess Jesus is the Christ, you are born of God. I've had many debates with people who tell me that, that I, you know, you've got to be harder on sinners. I mean, they got to really know that they're, that they're in sin if you're going to lead them to Christ. So you need to take them through the Ten Commandments and all this stuff. You need to make them feel really sorry. You need to tell them to repent. Well, I'm sorry. I, my message to the church is to repent, but somebody who doesn't know God, how can I tell them to repent? What are they repenting from? What are they turning back to? They're, no, they have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and have this initial new birth experience. And then repentance is what we're talking about here. Repentance just means to change the way you think. The Greek word is metanoia. It means to change the way you think. And that is all it means. And we're having to do that for the rest of our lives. Change the way we think. Because we're continually being bombarded by the world, society, and its system, and its system of beliefs, and how it thinks we ought to act, and how we ought to look, and all those kinds of things continually coming at us. That's why the Bible says, don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Adapt to this truth that God has presented for you. I mean, the truth is, I would love to preach that. I would love to preach how dirty dog center people are and how hellfire and brimstone <laughs> is going to rain down on That would satisfy every religious bone in my body. But when I look at the Bible, I don't see it there. I look at Scripture, I don't see it there. And the sad thing is, men are preaching because they're mad. And they're preaching their own opinion because they don't like what's going on in the world. Well, you can't do that. I don't like what all is going on in the world, but I can't preach that. i got to preach what the Bible says. That's, that's the only right thing I can do. So you're born of God. You're a Christian. But to see success in life, that is a whole nother deal. You're, I mean, you could still be poor. You could still be sick, still depressed, still angry. You know, be a walking economy. Hmm? Your stomach's a victim of inflation. Your hair is a, in recession. <laughs> and it's taken you into a deep depression. But this is where many people, this is where many people miss it. Believing in Jesus will take you to heaven, but it won't guarantee success here on earth. You must be transformed by renewing your mind to God's will for your life here on earth. People know about being saved, but they don't know about proving what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And it is God's will that you prosper, man, oh man, and that you're healed. And sometimes we preachers make this, the mistake of saying, well, all you got to do is get saved and everything will get better. Well, yeah, in the, spirit, in the spirit, that's true. But we keep thinking just being saved will change everything, and it won't. You must adapt to this change by changing your mind and to begin to think like God thinks. The problem is that many know how all about the new birth, but they don't know about the adaptation process called renewing the mind. You know, Jesus said, when, when the disciples said, Jesus teaches to pray, and he says, um, uh, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And it's, it's really something that 
man has taken that prayer and made it, put it a plaque on their wall and, and made it something that it really, Jesus is really not teaching us those words necessarily to say, but this is how you talk to God. Our Father which art in heaven. That we approach God and always understand that no matter where you're at, if you believe in Jesus, you will always have this relationship with God as your Father. Father, which are, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. On earth, how? As it is in heaven. So he's really showing us something wonderful that we have to, if we're going to experience heaven on earth, we have to ask for it. We're going to have to get it in our mouths and begin to call it into our situation where we are right now. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God has a plan and a purpose for our lives on earth. Christianity is not just an insurance policy that you sign and tuck away in your pocket until you die. It's about what God's will is for your life right here, right now. And when you leave earth, eternal life. That's why my desire, that's my desire for you. That to see you living this abundant life that Jesus came to give you. To see you walking in the realities of the promises of Almighty God. To find what God's will is for you. And I want to help you. And in turn, see, you'll help others when you understand that. Because we're not going to win the world until we show them a real relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I met a lot of Christian people who don't live like Christian people. Yeah, they're going to heaven, but they're living like hell. And that's just the reality. Look at Romans chapter 7. I'll finish with this thought. See, the world has to see something. Not because you're going to heaven, but because God's will is known in your life. Romans chapter 7, this is the Apostle Paul talking. In verse 18, he says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh... Nothing good dwells, for to will is present with me, but how to perform it, how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good, listen to this, for the good that I will to do, I do not do. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. Now, if, if this is the Apostle Paul, which I believe to be the greatest Christian probably who ever walked the face of the earth, if this is his struggle, where are we on that list? Hmm? The good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, listen, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. What did Paul just say? He just said, it's not my spirit, it's my flesh. The spirit, of, the spirit on the earth, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Your spirit is completely 100% perfect right now. And you're trying to work that perfection out in this body. How? Through adaptation, renewing your mind. Look at verse 21. I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. I want to do good, but there's this evil. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. My spirit cries out to do the right thing. That's what's in my heart to do. But I see another law in my members. And bringing me into warring against the law of my what? Mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. How do you serve the law of God? How is it that you serve the word of God in your life? How is it that you can serve the will of God? With your mind. 
And with your flesh, the law of sin. Thank God for Romans 8.1 that says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So renewing your mind is learning how to adapt to your spirit and not your flesh. Renewing your mind is helping you to do what is godly and spiritual. That what you want to do. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Just this morning, we were setting up the sound system and having some trouble with some buzzing in the speakers. And it, uh, they're going through all kinds of wires. God bless you guys for doing what you do. Why don't we give our sound guys a big hand? Really appreciate what you're doing. Poor Greg, he's running frantically around pulling cables and plugging in new cables, trying to, trying to get to the bottom of the problem. And uh, we'd have a hum over in this speaker, and then we'd have a hum over in this speaker, and it, it went on for several minutes. And, 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 I, and I walked out, and I, and I heard the Lord say, that's it right there. That's it right there. That there's this beautiful thing that's happened on the inside. There's this beautiful music that we play, but if we don't have things connected right, then it will, we, won't, we, won't be, we won't be heard. And, and, and it'll be ugly sounding if we've got this hum, we've got all this hissing going on, see? And if you don't renew your mind to this beautiful thing that's happened on the inside of you, your life's not going to look like, it's not going to sound like what's really on the inside of you. And you have to renew your mind, to what God has said. You've got to get what he says in your mouth and what, what he thinks in your mind. Got to get your mind right. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Otherwise, though you're going to heaven, you will absolutely struggle in life. So we're going to look into your life, your living, whether it's a conformed living or a transformed living. And this is what we're going to get into over the next few weeks. Are you adapting to the ways of God or to the ways of the world. Father, thank you for this time together. God, I thank you for these great people that, that you have set in this body, God, these individual members, Lord, that make up the body of Christ, that we, that we work in harmony together, arm in arm, heart to heart, God, that you've brought us here together for a great purpose, God, and that is to build your kingdom. Jesus, you said, I will build my church, and Lord, we're so honored to be a part of what you're doing in the earth, and Father, it takes us having a different understanding and a different perspective than the world does. Help us, God, to wrap our minds around this, this great thing that has taken place in the Spirit, that we become, like Brandon was talking this morning, kingdom-minded people to understand that we're not, we're not limited to the resources and the experiences on this earth and what this earth has to offer, but God, we have given to us every spiritual blessing in heaven, heavenly places. We've been given, God, the, it's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Help us, God, to transform, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, to adapt ourselves, our minds, our lives to the environment, God, that you have put us in in the spirit, God. Everything starts there in the spirit. And I thank you, Lord, that through renewing our minds that we can experience what's happened there right here in our lives right now. And Father, I thank you for your blessing on your people. Lord, those that do need to repent today, that they would repent. Those that do need to tweak some things in the way they've been thinking, God, that will help them succeed in life. I thank you for helping them. And Lord, even over the next few weeks, we thank you for opening up new truths to us, God, and even, even refreshing old truths, God, that will be a greater uh, effect in the earth. 
And we thank you for your presence, God. I thank you that you bless your people, God, now in their dismissal as they go out. Lord, they've been blessed and they're coming in. I thank you, God, that you've made them to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. First, not last, victors, no longer victims. Father, I thank you that you help them, Lord, because you're with them always, that you are a very present help in time of need. And I declare what your word says, that no evil shall befall them and no plague shall come near their dwelling. For you give your angels charge over them to keep them in all their ways. And Lord, I thank you for the awesome, powerful blood of Jesus that cleanses us and covers our lives. Father, I thank you that a thousand may fall at your people's side and 10,000 at their right hand, but it shall not come near them. And I thank you now that you bless your people and God that you cause the mountains and the hills to break forth with singing and the trees of the field to clap their hands as we go forth with joy today. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.